0: Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast features edited highlights from our Sunday service held on December the 11th, 2022. To find out how to join us and for more general information, please go to www.stjamesleith.org.uk.
1: Good morning, everyone. I am Carol. I'm leading the service this morning. Ian's going to be leading us in our reflection and the Eucharist. Um, Welcome to everyone. Um, Welcome some lovely um, visitors, um, some people returning from a while. Welcome, Mandy. Welcome, Leslie, and to others in the room who may be here for the first time or back visiting. uh, Welcome, everyone. Um, Welcome to everyone at home, too. It's lovely to see you here. Oh, especially on this such a chilly winter's day, um, so well done. We're all wrapped up in our. I was going to say thermals. We're trying not to mention underwear, so it's too late. <laughs> anyway, welcome here. Um, so Ian is going to light our attempt to light. To, attempt to light our candle, and as Ian lights our candle here, um, you're invited at home um, to light your own candles, should you have one. Trusting that the light of the world is with us, this morning and always. Friend and stranger, welcome. seated as we light our third Advent candle and hear the reading that goes alongside it God our father you gave to Zechariah and to Elizabeth in their old age a son called John he grew up strong in spirit prepared the people for the coming of the Lord and baptized them in the Jordan to wash away their sins Help us, who have been baptized into Christ, to be ready to welcome him into our own hearts and to grow strong in faith by the power of the Spirit. We ask this through Jesus Christ, the light who is coming into the world. Amen. We light this candle today to remind us that Christ came and is coming so that all people might have a rich and abundant life. We thank God for the hope he gives us and for the peace he bestows and for the joy he pours into our hearts. So trusting in God's forgiveness, let us in silence confess our failings and acknowledge our part in the pain of the world.
2: The following is Psalm 146, verses 5 to 10. Happy are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made the heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves righteousness. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever, your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord.
3: standing for the gospel.
4: reading today is taken from Matthew chapter 11 and verses 2 to 11 to Christ Christ our Savior when John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing he sent word by his disciples and said to him are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another Jesus answered them Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offence at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind. What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes. Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written see i am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you truly i tell you among those born of women no one has arisen greater than john the baptist yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he this is the gospel good news for all praise to you o christ
5: Let us pray. Loving God, we thank you for the prophets of old, for John the Baptist, for Jesus, and for the many prophets of our day today, many who are outside the church. May they open our eyes, may they let us see and hear, and may we as individuals and as a community have the audacity and the courage to be prophets ourselves. Amen. Thank you. I love uh, Rossi's description um, of a crunchy uh, Kyria liaison. Um, uh, This uh, sermon might be a little bit crunchy as well because I'm trying to draw in uh, quite a few of the themes that we've been uh, looking at at, uh, recently. Um, But really, the theme is uh, hope in the darkness and where it comes from and where we might find it. Uh, And today, We center on John the Baptist, who, in our Gospel reading, is stuck in prison, uh, no doubt, and I'm reading into the text here, uh, down and quite depressed, desperately looking for hope in the darkness of both his prison cell and a world that was filled with corruption, greed, uh, violence, an empire that was very violent, oppressing people, uh, huge injustices and inequalities of wealth and lies as well. And I don't know about you, but uh, I feel uh, that's not a bad description of our our world today. And we need to find uh, hope in the darkness as we emerge from COVID, still with the possibility of new variants coming out uh, apparently in China in particular and we know that once it happens in one place, there's always a chance of it spreading. We face a deepening climate and refugee crisis. We're witnessing obscene inequalities of wealth. We're also witnessing brutal warfare that targets civilians and children indiscriminately. And again, it's my personal feeling, increasingly experience a political system that's rapidly losing trust with examples of cronyism, greed, and I feel a sociopathic inability to empathize with the poorest in our society. And the list could go on and on. And I'm sure other generations have felt the same way. It's not unique uh, to us. I think maybe the climate crisis is the one that makes it particularly um, intense But I'm sure other generations, for instance, during the war, uh, First and Second World Wars, during nuclear proliferation, people were asking, from where will our hope spring from? And many people think that John the Baptist and the prophets is, is all about primary foretelling the coming of the Messiah, of the Anointed One. But I think more importantly, John, in dialogue with Jesus, is guiding us To what are the signs of hope and where might they be found? So John asked the question, are you the one? A desperate question, are you the one? Are you the one we should place our hope in? And Jesus answered, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. Now, I'm not for one minute suggesting that these healings and miracles of Jesus aren't real, but I do think that they have a metaphorical meaning behind them that is relevant to us today. So, let's take each in turn. The blind receive their sight, metaphorically. In other words, eyes are being opened to new ways of seeing the world, not just spiritually, but politically, economically, in other ways. So I think at the moment, I, th- I believe that it's being revealed how large corporations and the banks are actually controlling our politics. Recently, we, we've had just had um, uh, putting through a bill, uh, regulations were put after the last uh, uh, crisis, uh, economic crisis caused by the banks, regulations were put in to control it. They're now being taken away, and deregulation uh, deregulations happening all over the place. Now, apparently, um, Ricky Sunak, in his inner circle, he has two members of JP Morgan, a hedge fund manager. You can see uh, the influences uh, on him. And also, with the energy bills, corporations making massive profits and many people having to take up the slack. I think we're beginning to see that. And that's why we have these strikes, not just in one sector, but happening all around the country. Eyes are being opened. The lame walk. Those who have been crippled and are in a vicious cycle of uh, victimhood are now being given agency, dignity, and power. Lepers are cleansed. Those uh, ostracized by society, who are deemed by society to be unclean, members of the LGBT plus community, those on benefits, refugees, are now potentially being given a voice, an authentic, dignified place in our society. The deaf here, those who have closed down their thinking, are potentially now having their minds and hearts open. The dead are raised. Those uh, New life is being given to those who are empty, without purpose, who have possibly suffered traumatic experiences that have deadened their soul. They are being given new life. And the last one, good news to the poor. Those deemed to be at the bottom and on the edge of society will receive good news. And uh, that Magnificat that... Uh, I thought it was beautifully sung by Naomi and, and the music group, which say, uh, Mary's wonderful prayer, which we sung, reminds us of an example of good news. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. So this is what hope uh, and God on earth looks like. And Psalm 146 confirms this vision of hope. Hope resides with those who execute justice for the oppressed, who give food to the hungry, who set prisoners free, who open the eyes of the blind, who lift up those bowed down and broken, who give hospitality to strangers, who give dignity and agency to the orphan and the widow. In other words, those on the edges and marginalized by society. And Jesus also tells us where not to look for signs of hope. It will not be found in the palaces of the establishment, whether that be political, economic, or religious. It will not be found with those with soft robes, amongst those comfortably off. It will not be found uh, in reeds swaying in the wind, those who follow the prevailing wind for their own advantage and who show no integrity. In other words, it will not be found in the corridors of power. In fact, Jesus says, Those that bring hope will cause offence to those with power and wealth. It is only those who take no offence who will be blessed. These are strong, strong words of uh, Jesus. Instead, hope is to be found in unexpected places. And a few weeks ago, Joe uh, reflected on Isaiah 11, uh, which says, The hope of Israel will not come through a glorious cypress tree, for example, or such like, but will come from a tree stump, or come uh, from the stump of Jesse. And it seems that God's hope is constantly worked out through stumps or remnants. And the prophet Isaiah is particularly obsessed by remnants being faithful to God. And in Kings 2.19 it says, Whom have you mocked and reviled? Against whom have you raised your voice and haughtily lifted your eyes? Against the Holy One of Israel. But, and there's always a but, which is uh, the saving grace when, when the, the anger of God comes uh, down uh, from the prophets, there's a but. But the surviving remnant of the house of Judah shall again be take root downward and bear fruit. For out of Jerusalem shall go forth a remnant and out of Mount Zion a band of survivors. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. So like our image uh, of the tree, rooted and established in love, the remnant of Judah will bear fruit because it is grounded, rooted and established deeply in the love of God. And our hope in Christ, and um, it seems that it, it doesn't, it, it clearly comes from God, that, that's clear, but it doesn't come as a bolt of lightning. God has chosen, for whatever reason, to work his or her purposes out with people, with ordinary people, ill-equipped people, frightened people, through remnants and stumps. And Arnold Toynbee wrote this monumental kind of work, a study of history, uh, which I I might add I haven't read from cover to cover, uh, which says that many of the major changes and dynamic shifts in history are driven by what he describes as a creative minority. And Martin Luther King echoes this when he says, almost always... It is a creative, dedicated minority who make the world a better place. And I feel that the word creative minority you could just translate as a modern way of saying remnant. And both words, creative and minority, are important. (laughs) Minority gives the sense of going against the accepted way of society. And creative shows the importance of imagination and creativity in both challenging the status quo, but also starting a movement that will potentially change the world. And the world creative, I think, also conveys the importance of artists in the widest sense of being agents of change. And again, I don't know if any of you have seen Um, Simon Sharma is presenting a program called Truth and Democracy. Has anyone seen that? It's on on BBC uh, at the moment. And he shows how artists, painters, musicians, dancers, poets, writers, storytellers, have been the voices standing against corruption, against injustice and lies, and the means by which a new song can be sung which can take hold in people's minds and give hope. He says, and I quote, It is not always the politicians, but artists, musicians, and writers who rouse us out of our indifference and become true agents of change. These bearers of truth have held on to the memories of the past, refusing to be eradicated or rewritten and spoken truth to power. And there are many examples in our world where the past is trying to be erased. All sorts of, um, China, Tiananmen, square they're trying to just uh, make it as if it, n- it never existed. Putin as well, but closer to home uh, in, in uh, America, I think there's all sorts of things that have been changed. Our history, we're, we're kind of conveniently forgetting some of the abuses of empire. And artists are refusing for those memories to be extinguished. And the prophets of Israel and John the Baptist were for me the artists of their day, using the most colorful language full of metaphor, exaggeration, and imagination to not only challenge the wrongs of society, but to remind Israel of their past, of who their God really is, and who they are called to be be. and that was a people destined to be a light to the other nations. It was never never about Israel, they were were to model, they were to incarnate God in this uh, world to be a light for other people. And the prophets consistently remind us that authentic worship of Yahweh needs to be uh, aligned with how we treat our neighbour the widow, the orphan, the stranger in our midst, and also, I would say, how we honor creation. And Jesus continues this prophetic tradition by starting a movement with a creative minority, telling stories and encountering people as they journeyed through the the countryside, changing the way they saw the world, giving them dignity and agency, and always reintegrating them back into society. Jesus and the prophets refused to allow God to be domesticized and made inoffensive and asked the question, can we as individuals, as groups, as a community, endeavour with God's grace and power to be a faithful remnant and a creative minority in our world? To use and harness our gifts, and there are are many, many, many gifts uh, in our community whatever they are, to be a voice which protects rights, promotes justice and well-being, initiates change, so that we are a transformative presence in our world. And it was lovely, I think Carol, a few weeks ago, uh, when she did the reflection, talked about her art, um, which was uh, uh, related to creation, which was really trying to help us to fall in love with our world again, that that would be the key to changing hearts and minds towards our planet. So have we the courage and audacity to believe that God can use us to give sight to the blind, open eyes to a new way of seeing, help the lame walk by empowering people and giving them agency, including and integrating those whose society rejects, helping the deaf hear, opening hearts and minds so that a new song can emerge and give l- new life to those who feel dead uh, inside through trauma and abuse. Can we be good news to the poor and help those struggling to meet, make ends meet and who feel no, no self-worth? And I do feel uh, we are moving to a new stage of St. James where Uh, We'll have greater use of the building uh, in July. And I think there will be an increased potential for people, for us as a community, to be involved in creating those things, for being good news to those around us. In other words, can we be a creative minority that brings hope in the darkness to one another, but also to our local community and to the world. Amen.
0: Well, here we are today, the remnant. What does it feel like to be the remnant with God's hope in this world today? And I sometimes long that we had God's vision for this world and God's time scale maybe. And uh, there's been a couple of times during our songs today where I've read things and And thought, good grief. Uh, So when we we sang that, uh, you know, second reading, when we said something like, Soon all the poor and hungry of the earth be richly blessed and given greater worth. Soon. And I look at this world and think, when is soon? Uh, And long for God's vision and sight. So let's pray that we might develop God's vision and sight. We think about John languishing in the dungeon and wonder what he thought at that time as he wondered how long he might live and what Jesus might do and how he dealt with all those doubts about timescale and what God was up to. Lord, you are the source of all hope and healing. And as we gather on this winter day, may you warm our cold hearts and strengthen our weak spirits. Lead us away from the dark places where our doubts sometimes take us and take us instead along your hope-filled way. And as we pray, eldest, finish each prayer with we, we look for the day when sorrow will end, and ask you to just pray for God to say, Come and save us, O God. We look for the day when sorrow will end. Come and save us, O God. So God of love, John the Baptist calls us to lift our eyes to the horizon. When the new world of your promise will dawn give us faith to look for the signs of your kingdom in our midst hope to live out your kingdom in our daily lives and courage to work for a better world with the eyes of faith help us to see you are already at work and show us what it is that you want us to do. We look for the day when sorrow will end. Come and save us, O God. So God of love, we pray for all who are traveling through hard times, alone or in company, those in our community, those who are homeless or refugees who are hungry. And we ask for the blessing of peace and your tender presence with them. We pray for all who watch and wait beside the sick and the distressed. For all those who watch and wait with the troubled and those nearing life end. Give them strength to face each day's challenge and fresh reserves of love and kindness. We look for the day when sorrow will end. Come and save us, O God. O God of love, you give priority to what is weak You lift up the poor, free the captive. So we pray for courage, courageous leadership. For each of us to have a role in leading and striving for a better world that gives priority to those who are overlooked in our society. May we, your church, this little church in Leith. Share your concern for the outsider and the stranger and for all who need release from hardships. We look for the day when sorrow will end. Come and save us, O God. So God of love, at this time of year, when many people are lonely in the midst of all the celebration, we give thanks for the love that we know in our lives. And we pray for all those who are struggling with sadness or depression or fear. May our churches be places of sanctuary for all. May this Church of St. James be a place of sanctuary for all, offering generous welcome, peace, warmth and kindness. And may we show Jesus to all we meet and lift the burden of those who are struggling. We look for the day when sorrow will end, Come and save us, O God. O God of love, you have placed us in community. And you ask us to live in unity with one another in all our diversity, managing our conflicts, learning to listen with our whole hearts and including all, whatever the age or situation In you, we found ourselves surrounded by your wide embrace. May we learn together to reveal your loving kindness to Leith and to the whole world, and travel faithfully as your pilgrim people until we are gathered again into your greater light and every tear is wiped away. We look for the day when sorrow will end. Come and save us, O God. Amen.
5: Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. God of mystery, known through the crucified, whose power refashions weakness and strength, whose presence is embodied through brokenness, we offer you awe and wonder and with those who are broken by pain, with those exhausted by the struggle to conform, with those crippled by the insensitivity of others, with those not seen as a resource but only as a concern. We praise you singing. Bless the name of Jesus, bone of our bone, flesh of our flesh, whose brokenness and suffering made love real, who on the night he was betrayed took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, take, eat, this is my body which is given for for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood given to you. Do this whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we acknowledge brokenness as a path to truth. We long for the bread of tomorrow, eternally broken and so able to nourish. We long for the new wine of the kingdom, Continuously poured out that thirst may be quenched. Broken things for broken people, holy things for holy people. Let
2: us receive them.
5: Loving God, as you feed us with your broken body and your blood, you feed our brokenness that we have. May we have the courage to feed those who are broken. Amen.